From the studios of Advancing Vibrant Communities in Modesto, California, this is Lighthouse Live Radio on the Lighthouse Live International Podcasting Network. Welcome to Lighthouse Live, the radio voice of advancing vibrant communities. Our mission is to motivate believers to move out from the four walls of the church to personally serve the needs of their neighborhoods. Get ready for a no-holds-barred, honest look at the Christian lifestyle the way Christ commanded it to be. All that and more coming right up here on Lighthouse Live. And good evening to you wherever you may be in the world. Pastor Mike Douglas here. Welcome to Lighthouse Live on the Lighthouse Live International Podcasting Network. A special welcome to those of you in places that we can't even pronounce. Or good spell. To, or spell. Good to have you with us around the world. Uh, again, Mike Douglas here along with our producer and co-host Elaine Harlan and our faithful intercessor, the inimitable Mr. Owl, Al Ramsey with us as well. And Elaine, uh, this is one of the treats that wow. we have uh, and, and don't do it every year, but uh, we have the privilege this year as we approach Resurrection Sunday mm-hmm. to have some uh, special sisters with us. And we're going to celebrate the uh, Passover Seder and go through what it all means. And Cheryl Birch is yes. here and uh, yes. is with uh, some team members and also uh, one of our student uh, volunteers from uh, the University of Phoenix in studio with us today. Yes. Elaine, I know you're going to introduce people in, in just a moment. Again, friends, we thank you so much for your support of Advancing Vibrant Communities. And just a reminder for new opportunities to serve, check our website at www.vibrantcommunities.org. That's VibrantCommunities.org, or give us a call at 209-544-9571. That's 209-544-9571. Yes, a very special welcome to everyone listening tonight, wherever you may happen to be in the world. And we have two prayer warriors here tonight. We want to welcome Jeannie Mandel with us as well, and and of course, the very lovely Reverend Cheryl Birch with us from the Friday Night Fellowship Christian Group. And, and Cheryl, you were with us a couple of years ago on Passover, and of course, tonight being Passover Eve. Yes. yes. As a matter of fact, when the sun goes down, it is Passover. Mm. It is. Praise indeed. God. Yes, <laughs> praise the Lord. And thank you for taking this special time out uh, to be with us, to share and commemorate this very special occasion. And, of course, our Lord himself observed this when he walked the earth some 2,000 years right. ago. That's yes. right. I was going to actually talk about that in the very beginning. Should I go ahead? Is it time? Please do. It is time. All right. Well, you know, one of the first questions I get asked is uh, why I started to celebrate Passover with uh, a traditional, more traditional, it looks from the outside, Passover Seder that the the Jewish uh, families would be celebrating. And... uh, I just began a Bible study on it. I was mm-hmm. talking to a friend who uh, went to one, and she said it was so moving. She she felt like it was something she wanted to do, and she talked to me about it over the telephone, and I thought, well, I don't know about Christians celebrating something that's particularly of Hebrew heritage. Is, is that something we should be doing? So I did a study, and of course... Uh, 
Passover was first instituted in Exodus. Mm -hmm. And we all know the story from Sunday school of, uh, of how um, Moses went to Pharaoh and said, let my people go that they may worship me, is what the Lord uh, had him say over and over again. And at one point after all the plagues, it was the plague where the angel of death was going to be coming. And in the book of Exodus, he said to sacrifice the lamb and to paint the blood on the doorposts where you live. And when he sees the blood, he'll pass over. The angel of death would not take the firstborn of any family with the blood on the doorposts. And that, we can tell immediately, is predictive of Jesus, the blood of the lamb. Mm. So that was the first thing I learned. And I was such a new Christian. I was only a year old. And Mm. I'm like, Wow, that's all about Jesus. I saw it immediately. And then I was reading Leviticus, and you know, some people really give Leviticus a bad rap. It's like, you know, you just sort of skip over Leviticus. But I loved Leviticus. I thought it was so awesome. It is all about the blood. The whole thing really is about the blood, and you really need to understand that. And in Leviticus chapter 23, it institutes the commanded feasts or the moeds, the appointed times. That's what moed means, is an appointed time of God. And Passover, uh, which is called Pesach in Hebrew, is one of the moeds, the appointed times with God. And it says in there that it is to be celebrated for all generations for ever. Well, to God, forever means forever. (laughs) I mean, it's going to be celebrated in heaven. It's going to be celebrated after he comes back. These feasts will be celebrated forever. It's a pretty forever word. Forever. (laughs) It's like, you know, forever. It's eternity. And that got me excited. And I thought, wow, that that's, does that mean for us too, us Gentiles too? I knew it meant for the Jews, but was it for us too? Well, then I read about that um, it does include Jew and Gentiles, for in Messiah Jesus, the Gentiles are a wild branch that has been grafted in to the established olive tree, which is represents the Jews. And that's in Romans 11, 16 through 18. And with Jesus as Savior, it says in the word of God, we are no longer Jew or Gentile. We are no longer male or female. We are no longer slave or free. We are one new man. Well, that got me all excited. (laughs) And I thought, whoa, maybe this is for us. Well, then I read about Jesus himself. And I thought, whatever Jesus did, I want to do. That was my attitude as a young Christian. Whatever Jesus did, I I had been water baptized, uh, sprinkled as a child, which, you know, I'm not going to get into that with people. But, you know, I did that. We won't get into the baptism thing, but I did that. But I wanted to do what Jesus did. So I went and got dunked because Jesus got dunked, you you know, went to the river and got drunk. So I wanted to do what he did. And I read that uh, with Passover, that when he was a child in Luke 2.41, he celebrated Passover with Mm -hmm. his family. And not only that, but what we call the Last Supper was a Passover Seder. It was a Pesach Seder. It was that time. And Jesus says in Luke twenty two fifteen, I have eagerly desired to eat this Passover with you before I suffer, 
For I tell you, I will not eat it again until it finds fulfillment in the kingdom of God. Well, if that was the last thing my Savior did on earth, obviously it's something I could do too, Mm. is what my conclusion came. And it was uh, several years later, I did the first Passover in 1991, and we've been doing Passovers ever since. First one was just five of us around my my little dining room table, and we didn't know what we were doing, but boy, did (laughs) the Lord love it. (laughs) He adored it, and we had the most wonderful time, and we couldn't pronounce anything. You're going to hear a lot of Hebrew words out of me. I couldn't pronounce any of them. We pronounced them really funny. But you learned. (laughs) I learned how. Yes, Yes, I did. I got corrected and took a few lessons from a good friend and and I'm better. I'm not perfect, but I'm better. Well, about five years into it, I was reading along. So by this time, I'm about a five and a half year old Christian and I'm reading along in First Corinthians and had been through that book before by then, but something suddenly flew off the page and I want to read it to you. It's First Corinthians 5, 6 through 8. And it says, your boasting is not good. Don't you know that a little yeast works through the whole batch of dough? Get rid of the old yeast that you may be a new batch without yeast, as you really are. For Christ, our Passover lamb, has been sacrificed. Therefore, let us keep the feast, not with old yeast, the yeast of malice and wickedness, but with bread without yeast, the bread of sincerity and truth. And this was Paul writing to the Gentile church in Corinth. They, it was not writing to Jews. He was writing to Gentiles, telling them to keep the feast. I literally burst into tears, and I said, Lord, it's so obvious to me that to uh, celebrate you uh, for all eternity, and we can start right here on earth, and it was actually spoken of by Paul to Gentiles as well. So indeed, it is for Jew and Gentile both, again, because we are one new man in our Messiah. Isn't that exciting? That I just exciting. I just get so excited. <laughs> Praise God. <laughs> I wish our listeners could see your I, I know they can they can hear your excitement. Yeah. I love pa- that, Passover Cheryl. gets me excited. Yes, it does. Anytime and we can celebrate our Lord and yes, Savior, we should be excited. Yes, it's yes. all about Jesus, the whole Seder. Everything in it points to him. Yes. And you know, even um, simple things throughout the telling points to him. Uh, Passover in the Old Testament is a foretelling of the redemptive work of Messiah mm-hmm. Jesus. That's just, that's what it is. And uh, that, in that, there's tradition and a lot of work in the Old Testament version of it. The whole house is clean. The leaven is removed. Um, there's special dishes that are used by the, the Hebrew families. They put the dishes away every year. They get them out. They clean them all up. Every bit of leaven has to be removed. Every dust speck has to be mm-hmm. out of the house. I mean, there's a lot of work in keeping this moed, this appointed time with God. Uh, and there's certain very specific do's and don'ts and times that you have your, your dinners and your gatherings. But Passover in the New Testament is a celebration. That's why I get so excited and so joyful. It is a celebration of Messiah Jesus who has redeemed us by his blood. And we are set free from the works of tradition. 
we can celebrate and honor our risen Lord with great joy, and we can have dust bunnies in the corner, and <laughs> the bread can be in That's the cupboard. That's a good thing. It's an awesome thing. <laughs> Those dust bunnies don't show green genie. Well, you know, this, Sarah, would, this yeah. is good because I would spend all year getting rid of the dust. You know, about the time I finish, it would be time for Passover again. <laughs> I agree with this. I agree with this. Um, it is, uh, it's just so freeing. And we can celebrate as the Lord leads anytime during Passover week. But the most wonderful thing is that we can celebrate our risen Lord all year long. Yes. For us, every single day is Passover. Every Amen. single day. Amen. Because we are covered by the blood of the Lamb. Now, um, I did have down, in case anybody wants to know, I have that it's a seven-day feast. I kind of started to mention that, and it starts tonight at sundown, and it continues until Monday, April 5th. So if you get all inspired by this program and want to do your own, uh, sometime during that week is when you would celebrate. By the way, for those listening around the world uh, who aren't listening live, this is the 29th of March. Right. And uh, so if you're listening a couple days later, don't get confused there. Okay, this right. was, this was live on the 29th. Just that's to... <laughs> excellent. Thank you. See, that's why I, I don't have a radio show, because I wouldn't say things like that. <laughs> Thank you for the clarity. <laughs> I'm not, I don't I'm have clarity, guest. but I understood that. <laughs> I'm a good guest. <laughs> I think, I think you we don't want to confuse you. anybody out there. <laughs> so, um, but even if you miss it just a little bit, like if you hear it on the 6th, go ahead and have a Passover Seder. That's it's right. Awesome That's right. And do. we are on California time also, yeah. so that, you know, yeah. that may make a difference may. too. So. Okay. So in New York, they're already celebrating. They're already, yes, the sun's already And it doesn't matter when you're listening, celebrate. Celebrate. (laughs) Celebrate the risen Lord. That's what it's all about. And, you know, Sunday is Resurrection Sunday. That's right. And it's just, uh, I think it's always wonderful when Passover comes right at exactly Mm. that same time Mm. because it is such a wonderful way to celebrate the resurrection. Amen. All right. Now, um, we've been saying the word Seder several times. Yes. Anybody know what it means? (laughs) It actually means order of service. That's all that it means. It's the order of service. And it is a time when the family gathers. And I know that there's temple worship as well, but it is really about the family and really close friends gathering. And they retell the story of the first Passover because one of the commands of God is to share the history with the next generation. Mm -hmm. And so God actually, it says in the word, instituted it for the young ones and that uh, we're to, to keep this so that the torch is passed. Of generation of after generation, generation after generation. So pass on this order pass of service, on. the Passover mm-hmm. Seder, yes. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And it's a ceremonial meal. And the food, there's a lot of wonderful eating at Passover time. Yay. But they only <laughs> eat unleavened bread, which we're going to get into, called matzah. And, but there's wonderful foods that are served. And the elder of the family does the telling. Whoever the, uh, I know that some women do that if they're the, the, the eldest and the, like the matriarch the and matriarch the patriarch. And the patriarch. Okay. Um, yes. That's right. Tell the story. And it's passed as it was passed on to them by his father or his father's fathers. 
and it's a tradition that's done from the heart in most of the families. But because some of that in our modern time has been lost, there have been Passover Haggadahs that have been written, and Haggadah means the telling. The Haggadah had been verbal most of the time, but now there's these written Haggadahs, and we do have one here that uh, the Lord had me put together for our ministry, and it takes you through all the different steps of Passover. And every Haggadah is a bit different, um, as it will include personal insight and stories of how the Lord has blessed the family throughout the generations and throughout that year. And there, though, are things that are very specific that need to be included when you're doing a Passover Seder. And there's certain, <clears throat> excuse me, symbols that happen and we go through that section by section so that we can keep on track and, and experience the fullness, the richness. It's almost like it's visual, it, there's fragrances, there's uh, just a, a deep meaning to every part mm. of what you do during the Seder. Significance. Theater. It's yes. very deep significance, yes. yes. And it begins by a woman uh, lighting, rising and lighting the candles. And I thought this was one of the uh, wonderful ways to uh, begin this ceremony in that the promise is that the Redeemer would come into the world through a woman. And so as the woman rises and lights the candle, she she blesses it as the light of the world. Mm. And it's very um, moving as we uh, honor the Lord as being the Redeemer, the light of the world that came as the promised seed of the woman, according to Genesis 3.15. And that's the way the whole event begins. And then there's the four cups. I'm going to go through some symbols for you. Is that okay if I just Absolutely. go through the symbols? Oh, okay. Please, I'm going to yes. go through the symbols. So uh, there's four cups, and they're, they're taken from Exodus 6, 6 through 7. And that says, I will bring you out from under the bondage of the Egyptians. I will free you from being slaves. I will redeem you with an outstretched arm, and I will take you as my own people, and I will be your God. And so each of these cups comes from that verse. And the first one is the cup of sanctification. The second, we for short call it the cup of plagues, but it's, ab it's not like you're drinking plagues. <laughs> it's actually a cup of freedom from the plagues okay. of the Egyptians. At one point in the story, all of a sudden there were no more plagues for the Hebrew people, they were set free from the plagues. And so it's a cup of freedom from the plagues. The next one is called the cup of redemption. And the fourth cup is called the cup of praise. And so each one is a symbol that we sip from, or uh, in some cases they drink the whole cup down, depending on the family. We just take a sip each time, and we have those cups spaced throughout the order of service. The next step that we do with our uh, particular service is we wash each other's hands. And washing is, of course, very symbolic of the washing of the word, washing away of sin. Um, I connected to the scripture where Jesus wrapped himself in the towel. Yes. And he washed the feet mm -hmm. of his mm -hmm. disciples. Mm -hmm. And he, he, King of kings and Lord of lords, took the lowliest servant 
part, which a rabbi in that day would never, mm. ever do. Right. Never. And that's why Peter objected so, was because his rabbi was doing something no rabbi would do. Mm. But we know that he was showing the servant role of true leadership, true kingship. And we take turns washing each other's hands, knowing that it is through humility and uh, and getting uh, forgiveness for the pride that we have in our lives, that we're really going to understand the fullness of what Jesus has done for us. Mm -hmm. um, the next thing that happens is a child, and Elaine's going to be our child, Okay. <laughs> uh, rises and asks the four questions. And the whole Seder, because God instituted it to pass to the next generation, the whole Seder is geared to answering the child's questions. And so, Elaine, if you would read those questions uh, for us. On all other nights, we eat bread or matzah. On this night, why do we eat only matzah? On all other nights, we eat all kinds of vegetables. On this night, why do we only eat bitter herbs? On all other nights, we do not dip our food even once. On this night, why do we dip twice? On all other nights, we eat our meals sitting or reclining. On this night, why do we eat only reclining? Awesome. Thank you. The next steps of the Seder are to answer the questions and to consume the elements on the Passover Seder plate. And I know you can't see it, so we're going to describe the plate to you. And on our plate, we have a bowl of salt water in the center. And we also have some greenery, which in this case, it happens to be um, cilantro. You can use cilantro or parsley. Um, we also have an apple mixture called caroset, and I can't do that sound very well. <laughs> it's caroset, and that's apples and nuts and cinnamon. Yum. And then we have very strong horseradish, and we have an onion, and we have a bone. Now, the parsley is on the plate because parsley is life. It represents life. And the salt water is on the plate because it represents the tears that are, that are often shed uh, because of bondage, because of suffering that we go through in life. And so the first thing that we consume in the Passover is a bit of the greenery of life dipped in the salt water to remind us that God has given us life, but sometimes there's some tears with it. Mm. And so if you want to go ahead and, and do that, anybody who does want to partake, um, we're just going to allow everybody here in the studio mm. to just partake of anything that they would like to. Mm. And Jeannie's going to help with that by passing it along. So while they're partaking of the greenery the, and the salt water, I'm going to talk to you about the matzah. It's not actually on the plate but it is always to the side. And the matzah is unleavened bread. And you can just go ahead and, and taste of your greenery at any time, whenever you're ready. The matzah is, is unleavened bread, and it's very flat bread. And 
it's kept wrapped in a white cloth. And I have a special matzah bag here that I got from Israel. Mm -hmm. And it has three compartments. And there's three special matzah that are wrapped together. And the traditional is that it is a tri-unity of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, or it's a tri-unity of um, of the the priests, the people, and the temple. It's it, you know, different tri-unities depending on the the scholar, but we know it is the tri-unity of Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, and they're wrapped together as one unit, mm-hmm. as one. Three distinct pieces, but wrapped together as one. And then what the leader at the table does is they reach in and they take the center one, which it's Father, Son, Holy Spirit. The center one represents the Son to us. And they pull out that particular piece of matzah. And then they hold it up. I want to hold it up first so that everybody in the studio can look at it because the matzah uh, is also called the bread of affliction. And if you look at it, it's striped. Mm-hmm. It's striped like Jesus. Yes. And if you hold it up to the light, it's pierced like Jesus. And so this bread of affliction is striped and pierced just like our Lord. And the leader of the Seder breaks it in half. And then one half will become our first taste of the bread of affliction for the actual uh, Seder. And the other half is placed either wrapped in a white cloth or have a special little bag I got from Israel also, where it's now called the Afakomen. And the Afakomen means dessert. And it's wrapped in the white cloth and it is hidden away. And so it's placed somewhere in the room with everybody's eyes closed. And then the leader hides it and the, the children, particularly at the table, then later in the meal when there's a break, they search for the afikomen. And this is a symbol of our Lord being buried, wrapped in a cloth and buried. And when it is found later and redeemed for a little prize of some kind, then it's opened up and he is revealed once again as the risen Lord. And so the matzah, too, is very meaningful, though it's not directly on the plate itself. We're going to be partaking of the afikomen if we have the time. I was ready to hide my eyes. <laughs> and, 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 and Elaine wants me to hide it so she can go find it. <laughs> go leave the room, Elaine. We'll call you back in a minute. We'll be back in a minute, the everybody. Was, the dessert was my favorite part. Okay, I'm sorry. Okay. I took a little side trip while you all had your greenery and salt water so that uh, we'd know about the matzah when we got to it. And... Uh, the other symbols that are on the plate. Are you ready for what those are? Okay. The other symbol, we have an onion on our plate. And I really wondered about that onion and wondered about that onion. It took me a little while to get this one researched out. I just put it on there by faith because it's just something that's on the the plate. And finally, I realized that this uh, onion, or you can use a garlic or a horseradish root, 
Uh, this represents the root of Jesse out of which mm. Messiah mm. Jesus yes, came. Yes, yes. Our faith sprang from a Jewish root. It represents mm-hmm. the Jewish root. And it's important that we honor and pray for and bless Israel because Amen. our faith came out of their foundation. Yes, they did. are the root yes. of our faith. And even more profoundly, it represents Jesus himself is what I discovered, for he is the root and the offspring of David, according to Revelations 22.16. So the onion is not consumed, but it is on the plate for all of that representation. The other symbol on the plate are the bitter herbs, and we have horseradish. And this is a reminder of the bondage and the bitter toil in Egypt. And it's eaten on a pizza of matzah, and it's very, very strong so that it brings tears to our eyes. And if any brave souls would like to have their first taste, Mr. Al, <laughs> all right, we're going to pass. We're going to pass the matzah, and you just break off a piece and dip it in the horseradish, and I better not because you won't be hearing from me for a while. <laughs> I have a plain little piece of matzah to put to my tongue to have the first taste of of the of the season. And while they're all partaking of the bitter herbs, I'm going to explain how the caroset and the bitter herbs work together. The caroset is the sweet apple mixture and it's said to represent the mortar that they use to make the bricks. It's a, it's a, a brown color. The apples and the nuts and the cinnamon make it very brown. But it's also very sweet. It has honey in it, and the apples are sweet. And we eat, the next round is we eat another piece of matzah with the caroset because the caroset, um, it represents the sweetness of God and how his sweetness and the hope in him can cover and take care of any bitterness and any suffering that we may have in our life. So the second scoop is with the caroset. And that's the answer to the question of why we dip twice. So we're actually answering your questions, yes, Elaine. thank you. I understand. Mm-hmm. I like the second dip better. <laughs> yes, the second dip is the sweetness of life, the sweetness of our God. Mm-hmm. The next seg- uh, section uh, of questions is why do we recline? And we're going to come back to the Seder plate in a moment, but we need to answer that question for for the children out there Thank and you. for Elaine. Because <laughs> <laughs> she asked. I'm a child of God. I have to answer her. The, the reclining uh, dates back to the way the Seder was celebrated back in Jesus' time and before. They would celebrate. They had very low tables. They weren't sitting in chairs like we are. They would be on pillows, and they would have pillows and a very low table, and it would all be spread out before them. And so that's a relaxed way to dine. The first Passover, they were told to gird themselves up, have their stabs ready, be ready to move out, and they couldn't relax. And they had to cook their bread very quickly, which is how the matzah was born. They just had a, before it could get any natural yeast in it, they had to just make it. And they ate their Passover very quickly, and then they were set free right after that. And now we may relax. We may recline ever since then. Mm-hmm. And this reminds me of the actual description of the Passover Seder that Jesus conducted, and that it says that 
the one whom Jesus loved rested on his shoulder, on his, on his breast, on his shoulder. And the one whom Jesus loved literally used Jesus as a pillow and reclined upon him. And so for us, it is a reminder that we need to rest in our risen Lord. And we can literally snuggle into our chairs and relax in him as we celebrate this event. That's why we recline. Another thing that must be done before we go back to the Seder plate is the story of Pesach, which we're not going to take time to read. The whole story is read during the Passover Seder. And it's usually read by two or three or four readers. And the entire story from Exodus is read. And that's called the Megid in Hebrew. And they all take turns. Sometimes it's broken up into even more sections and everybody in the family takes turns reading. Every single Passover must then include another symbol that we haven't talked about yet. There's one more on the plate that has not been addressed, and that is the shank bone. I have a really wonderful story that if you ever come to my Passover Seder, you will hear. I won't share it because it takes too long. Oh, but it's a great story. It's a great story. It is a great story. Really quick, our little bone was found in a pool. Yes. And my husband <laughs> found it, and I guess I need to tell the story. You, yes, My you husband can. found it, and I didn't know what to do on our very first Passover, and I found it. you have to take, it takes two or three weeks to get a bone that's unbroken, and you need to have an unbroken shank bone. And... I didn't know what to do because I was going to use a turkey bone, but I didn't know what else to do. And obviously God did not want a turkey bone because my husband, my husband was cleaning the pool. And at the bottom of the pool, he finds this bone that everybody's looking at here in the studio. And he calls to me and it was, and it was a nice day and the screen was open and I walked out and I said, what, what's going on? What's wrong with the pool? And he said, I found this bone in the bottom of our pool. I said, that's exactly what I need. <laughs> And I grabbed it out of his hand, and I took it in and cleaned it all up, and it's supposed to be a roasted bone, and so I put it in the oven and roasted it. <laughs> and it's been with us ever since. So now finally I've told, you don't have to come to now, our did Passover. He, did he know about the bone, or did he, he look really, at you kind of weird? He looked at me like I was yeah. pretty crazy. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, what does she want that slimy thing for? But cause it was all gooey from the pool. And I don't know how it got there. If a bird dropped it, somebody threw it over it the meant, fence. But the Lord you. made That's sure right. I got an unbroken bone. <laughs> now, the bone uh, represents uh, the lamb in the Passover. Mm. And to the Jews, it is a reminder of the sacrificial lambs on the night when the angel of death was sent to take out the firstborn. But the Lord, as we talked about earlier, that uh, when he sees the blood, he will pass over us. And we know that this unbroken lamb bone represents Messiah Jesus. And he is the lamb who takes away the sins of the world. And there's a little song that we do. Um, let's see if we can do it. Um, when I see the blood, when I see the blood, when I see the blood, I will pass over you. When I see the blood, when I see the blood, when I see the blood, I will pass over you. 
The blood will be a sign for you on the houses where you live. And when I see the blood, I will pass over you. No plague shall destroy you when I strike the land. For when I see the blood, I will pass over you. When I see the blood, when I see the blood, when I see the blood, I will pass over you. When I see the blood, when I see the blood, when I see the blood, I will pass over you. No weapon formed against you shall prosper in their hands. For when I see the blood, I will pass over you. The grave will have no victory, and death will have no sting. For when I see the blood, I will pass over you. When I see the blood, when I see the blood, when I see the blood, I will pass over you. When I see the blood, when I see the blood, when I see the blood, I will pass over you. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. That was written by a very precious friend, Stephanie Vanderwall's Lab. Yes. Oh, and it's just an awesome Passover song. And thank you. We're so blessed the Lord gave it to her. Thank you, Stephanie. Yes. Um, once we have been through the telling of Megid and we've sung the song, then we take the cup and we drink of the cup of the freedom from the plagues because the blood has, has covered us. Um, the next thing that we do is we go uh, into a celebration because when we have been freed from the plagues of the land, is that not something to celebrate? <laughs> it is, indeed. <laughs> we are so excited. And there is a word that is used at the Passover Seder, and it is dayenu. And so everybody, if you just say that, dayenu. Excellent, because we're going to be singing in a moment the song. And it means it would have been sufficient. And the song that we're going to sing, there's some scripture that's usually read, but we're going to do it all in the song. And there's a song we're going to sing, and the chorus is really easy, and I'm going to ask you all to sing with me on the chorus. And the first part that I'm going to read or uh, sing uh, reads, If God had merely rescued us from Egypt, it would have been enough. The next part is, If God would have merely given us Torah or his word, it would have been enough. And the last verse is, God has given us Yeshua. That's Jesus, and he is enough. Okay, you ready? I'm going to start out, and then we're going to sing the chorus together. Eli hotsi hotsi anu hotsi anu mi mitzrayim hotsi anu mi mitzrayim dayenu. Dayenu, 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 dayenu. Da da enu, da da enu, da enu, da neu. Ilu natin natin lanu, natin lanu etetora, natin lanu etetora, da enu. Da da enu, da da enu, da da enu, da enu, da neu, 
for us at our Passover Seder to have someone rise and blow the shofar in celebration. So far tonight was blown by our pastor, Mike Douglas. Awesome. You know what? <clears throat> that ram was really ticked when I took that <laughs> horn. <laughs> well, it's a good thing that we've gotten to the part of really celebration. <laughs> <laughs> That's wonderful. Um, when the Passover meal is finished, so right now everybody gets to pretend you've eaten a full meal. Okay. <laughs> we've had the, the, the zimmers, the sweet carrots. Yes. We've had um, anything but a pork product for, for chicken, or we've had um, lamb, we've had beef, something other than pork. Um, we've had uh, uh, lots of wonderful matzah with butter spread all over it. Mm. Uh, <laughs> it's really delicious. And then we've had some more of the wonderful apple stuff with our meal. And once everything is finished, once we've had the macaroons for dessert, um, then when all the things are cleared, it is time for the afikomen, the true dessert. And the afikomen is then found, and Elaine ran all over the room and found the afikomen. <laughs> I found it. I found she it. Found it. She yes, found it. Yes, I found it. And it is, it is revealed, and the, the bag that it's in, we zip it open, <laughs> and we take out this afikomen, and uh, it is ready uh, to be presented... Here it is. Here's a little plate to put it on. And everyone takes a bit of the afkomen uh, to taste. And what we're doing at this point is the afkomen now, it, it is a time of communion mm-hmm. within the Seder. <clears throat> and it is said that the afkomen is to linger in your mouth. So it's a time where you take a bite and you just let it savor. And to remember the whole event, that that's the taste that lingers in your mouth, is the afkomen. So while everybody is taking that taste, I'm going to talk about the cup of redemption for a moment. And the afkomen is followed by the cup of redemption And it symbolizes the blood of the Lamb. And it is not only the cup of redemption, uh, but it is also a time of renewing our vows with our Lord. And it's sometimes called the marriage cup. Because it is the same process of taking the piece of bread and taking the cup 
that a bride back in the time of Jesus would have eaten a, a, a little bread and taken a, a sip of wine to say yes to a groom in her day. And so there, there is a time where we take this cup and it is very fitting that we would renew our vows as the bride of Christ to our risen Lord. And this is done in the traditional Seder as well. Uh, but of course, without an understanding that it's to Messiah Jesus that they are dedicating. So right now we're going to go ahead and we've had the lingering of the uh, afkomen in our lips. And they then would take this cup and they would partake of it in the Lord. And I want to see if I can find uh, the blessing. Um, and it says, Baruch Adonai Eloheinu Melech Ha'olam Bori Pri Hagafen. Blessed are you, O Lord our God, King of all creation, who creates the fruit of the vine. And then we all drink together. Thank you, Lord. Wow. Awesome. He is an awesome God. Yes. Yes, he is. There's a couple of other, um, I feel like we could just end there, but there's a couple of other traditions that uh, happen during a Seder. And one of them is that uh, there's a place set for the prophet Elijah. And the... In the Jewish family, they set the plate because they're still waiting for the prophet Elijah to come to announce the coming of Messiah. And so they have a child who goes and opens up the door and invites Elijah to come in. And that's according to Malachi 4.5. They're, they're keeping that tradition. Mm -hmm. But we're really blessed to know that John the Baptist has already come in the spirit of Elijah. And Jesus even says that in um, uh, Matthew eleven fourteen, And if you are willing to accept it, he is Elijah who was to come. And he already has prepared the way. He already did that. He prepared the way for the Lord. He already declared Jesus to be the Lamb of God. And then Jesus entered into his ministry after he was baptized by John the Baptist. And so we know that we don't need to rise and open the door and ask Elijah to come. We actually live in that time when that's already occurred. But we still set up a place knowing that the spirit of Elijah is with us. <laughs> mm -hmm. It's already yes. occurred. And so we have that place at our Passover Seder. The next and final cup is the cup of praise at the very, very end. And this is where the name of the Lord is blessed, and everybody drinks the final cup together with great joy. And at the very end of the Seder then, a song called Lashana Habaya is sung, which means next year in Jerusalem. And it is a proclamation for us who know Jesus, we're asking for him to return. Next year in Jerusalem, yes. Lord, because your feet are going to touch that Mount of Olives. And at the very, very end of the Seder, they all shout, Next year in Jerusalem together. Hmm. And the cup of praise 
it is an honor of what the Lord said in Exodus 8.1, let my people go so they can worship me. And then the psalm that we usually read is, um, I believe it's 136, and it says, Oh, give thanks to the Lord, for he is good, for his, his mercy, mercy endures, endures forever. Oh, give thanks to the God of gods, for, for his, his mercy, mercy endures forever. Oh, give thanks to the Lord of lords, for his, his mercy endures forever. And we do go on to do the whole psalm, but of course, um, we don't need to do that. Do we have time to do it? Absolutely. Keep we going. do. Keep, Keep going. going. Yes. <laughs> to him who alone does great wonders. For his For mercy, mercy endures forever. To him who by wisdom made the heavens. For, For his, his mercy endures forever. To him who laid out the earth above the waters. For, For his, his mercy endures forever. To him who made great lights. For, for his, his mercy, mercy endures forever. The sun to rule by day. For, for his, his mercy endures forever. The moon and stars to rule by night. For his, for his mercy endures forever. To him who struck Egypt in their firstborn. For his, for his mercy, mercy endures forever. And brought out Israel from among them. For, for his, his mercy endures forever. With a strong hand and with an outstretched arm. For his, for his mercy endures forever. To him who divided the Red Sea in two, for his, for his mercy, mercy endures forever, and made Israel pass through the midst of it, for his, his mercy endures forever, but overthrew Pharaoh and his army in the Red Sea, for, for his, his mercy endures forever. To him who led his people through the wilderness, for, for his, his mercy endures forever. To him who struck down great kings, for, for his, his mercy endures forever, and rescued us from our enemies. For, for his, his mercy endures forever. He, who gives food to all flesh. For, for his, his mercy endures forever. Oh, give thanks to the God of heaven. For, for his, his mercy endures forever. And at that point, we lift our cups for the final and the last time of the event. And we bless it again with Baruch Adonai Eloheinu, Melech HaOlam, Bori Pri Hagafen which is blessed are you, O Lord our God, King of all creation, who creates the fruit of the vine. And we all drink together in celebration. And the Passover Seder is completed at that time, except for the singing of Lashana Habaya. And it's really easy because you just repeat the same thing over and over and over again. And so let's see if we can get it started, Jeannie. We're having trouble. <laughs> Take your time. All right, we can do it. We can do it. The Lord just doesn't want to be finished yet. That's he all. Lashana haba, birushalayim. Lashana haba, birushalayim. Lashana haba, birushalayim. Lashana haba, birushalayim. Lashana haba. Birushalayim, Lashana Haba, 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 
together we shout out next year in Jerusalem Yay! praise the Lord now usually um, this event takes uh, two and a half hours to four and a half hours depending on whether you serve a full meal a part meal you can adjust it for um, what time frame you have. If you have a full meal and you relax and you go through it savoring everything mm-hmm. and letting the Lord really speak to you and maybe singing the songs several times more and just letting the Holy Spirit move, uh, it can take, uh, it has taken up to five hours uh, when mm. we've done mm. an event. Mm. And we've done events as small as five um, and as big as 108. Yes. And so it can be adjusted for many different sizes. And I groups. can remember, Cheryl, talking about the sizes of the groups. Do you remember when we've done it at Howard Training Center? Yes. And uh, there were, it was a good sized group there. I remember yeah, a couple a, of years ago. 108 was the biggest yes, one. Yes, that yeah. was, uh, uh-huh. and it was a good evening. Yes. Uh, it was yes. a, a few hours. Yes. And so you can have a huge family. And yes. I always say that, um, you know, I never had any children that I birthed, but the Lord, um, like the, he says, single barren woman. Mm. And mm. that he, you will have many more children than the one who has birthed. And now you are all my children because you have all attended a Passover Seder and you are the group of children that has been given to uh, me, the barren woman. Mm. And uh, so this has been a, really a very personal moving experience for me as well because I have hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of children. And now all of you out there who are <laughs> hearing this are all my kids That's out there. Right. And it's very uh, wonderful for me to be able to share this. So I'm just so grateful. And I, I don't know how much time we have. I don't pay attention to time. So if there's questions or comments about any section of the Well, first Seder, of all, Cheryl, let's, uh, this is a wonderful Yes, booklet that you yes, have put together. Is that you. available to people? Uh, yes, it is. How can um, they get a hold of it? Well, them? you know, they can go on our website and it's www.cherylbirchministries.com and Birch is B-I-R-C-H and we... And um, Cheryl is spelled... Is C-H-E-R-Y-L. Okay. <laughs> and we also have a phone number which is 209-575-0902 and we do have these available and we have a whole uh, study kit, actually. You can get a Passover study kit. Great. And we have a Jewish roots study kit, which has all of the Moeds and the minor feasts as well. We also do Purim and uh, um, what's the other one? Hanukkah. There you go. <laughs> I'm so it's into Passover, I can't that remember is, the other is, one. That and is a Hanukkah, biggie, yes. Which are two man-instituted celebrations of God that we also talk about and how they, too, honor honor Jesus, mm. our risen Lord. Cheryl, once again, that phone number where people can reach you. It's 209-575-0902. You know, as I was uh, part of the energy here <laughs> at the end of the <laughs> later, um, you know, you, you think back to that time when, when Jesus and his disciples are moving you know, they'd seen Zacchaeus and the healing of the blind man, and he's yes. preparing to go to Jerusalem and for the first time to announce and make public the fact that he is the Messiah. Yes. And there's expectation in the air because it is the time of the Passover feast, and uh, people, pilgrims are coming from all over the world, and, and of course they're throwing their, their cloaks down in, in front of 
uh, the Messiah is coming in on, on, on the donkey as, as Zechariah had prophesied in the palm leaves. And, and you, you think of, you know, just the energy we had here and you think Jerusalem was just full a of excitement, <laughs> yes. a, a, a buzz and, and how things would turn around here. Uh, so quickly, and Jesus, of course, knowing that, and, and wept as he as he entered uh, entered Jerusalem. But I was wondering, if, you know, for you, do you kind of get a sense of what it might have been like to be there as as you've gone through these? Just that sense of anticipation, because he's coming again. That's right. And mm-hmm. uh, that anticipation of of uh, his arrival must yes. have just been absolutely incredible in it, Jerusalem. It, it was awesome time. and it actually relates to Sukkot which is the the feast of tabernacles and though it mm. was not the time of Sukkot the people recognized that God had come to dwell with them uh, and out of the mouths of babes were, was coming Hosanna Hosanna in the highest yes. Yes. and out of all the people and they used the symbols of tabernacles to uh, toss in the street before the Lord in order to declare we believe he is the one that, that God was sent. And the, the imagery um, of all of that is just overwhelming because he is. He's about to come back and dwell with us. And we're about to be crying out, Hosanna, Hosanna right. in the highest. And, uh, and one of these days we're all going to be celebrating Passover with him as the one who is telling, with him as the one who is conducting. So it's, uh, it is very exciting, and you can grow closer to the imagery of the Bible and grow closer to the Lord. Amen. Amen. This hour has gone by much too fast. What a special celebration this has been. Reverend Cheryl Birch, we want to thank you so much. Thank you, Jeannie and Sarah, for joining us as well, and, of course, our prayer intercessor, Al Ramsey. And thank you, dear friends, for joining us wherever you may happen to be in the world tonight. And we want to wish you a very happy Resurrection Sunday as we all celebrate our risen Lord. Join us once again, and until then, may God continue to bless you as you love your neighbors, as you love yourselves. Good night, and God bless you.